0: Buenos dias. Good morning. A funny thing happened on the way on a bike ride on a sunny afternoon for exercise and fresh air. Anyway, thank you so much uh, for your prayers, for your meals, for your cards. Uh, Elders, thank you for uh, your able and willingness to kind of fill in for me. Uh, And I especially want to thank uh, Leslie for the extra work she's having to do. Um, really appreciate that, honey. So thank you so much. We're back to uh, the study in our book uh, in, in Luke's gospel. And remember, Luke wrote his gospel to help us understand who Jesus is so that we follow him, so we love him, so we surrender our whole lives to him without reservation because we know who he is. And of course, Luke along with uh, two other gospel writers records this parable of Jesus we know it is the parable of the sower but the truth is this is really a parable about the soyers soils the focus is on the soils not on the sower the four soils equal four different kind of hearts so Whenever there's an assembly of people gathered together, like this morning, right here, right now, these four kind of hearts are represented in the crowd. So if you are an instructor or teacher of God's word and you're among a lot of people and you're teaching, be aware that that's probably the case. I love what J.C. Ryle says these circumstances should make us always read this parable with a deep sense of importance we should say to ourselves as we read it this concerns me my heart is seen in this parable I too am here so which one of these soils are you Which one best describes you? Well, Jesus speaks in this subject because he wants us to make sure that you and I are true followers of Jesus. In John chapter 5, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. So it's essential that we cling to God's word, that we cling to Jesus's word. And Jesus wants you to hear him today. This is Jesus speaking to you and me. Eternal life or eternal death is in the balance here. Which soil am I? Which one represents my heart? And do not, do not shrug off Jesus's teachings. Oh, I can wait till later. Or don't scorn it like I don't care about this stuff. That is foolishness. You know, one of our values here at Grace Chapel that we say that we value, one of our core values is that we believe in God's word, that we're Bible centered. What does it mean to be Bible centered, to, to value God's word? What does it mean in practical terms? Well, Jesus' parables here, and there are actually three parables that we're going to look at quickly today uh, the parable of the soils, the parable of the lamp. In the parable of Jesus's family we're going to take a quick look at those three things because they emphasize one key truth God's Word is important but true belief goes further than just knowing the Word of God true belief allows God's Word to change us if we're not being changed by the truth of God's Word then our faith may not be as real or as strong as we think it is. So let's take a look at this this morning. Four soils, four hearts. Stephen uh, read the first uh, 15 verses of the chapter, and uh, the key verse is verse 15. Look at it. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. That's the New International Version of, not the ESV. Does anyone have a noble and good heart? Not without God's intervention. See, we human beings are created in God's image. So that means we can do noble things. We can be kind. We can be generous. It's called common grace. It's being made in God's image. We have that in here. But God tells us that our hearts even though they can produce some noble things, are not pure, are not good. The prophet Jeremiah says this. This is God's assessment. Jeremiah wrote in chapter 17 of his his prophecy, "'The heart is deceitful above all things "'and desperately sick. "'Who can understand it? "'I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind "'to give every man according to his ways, "'according to the fruit of his deeds.'" Our hearts are sick. That's David, uh, that's God's assessment. And David had this plea in Psalm 51. He said, create in me a clean heart. Why did he cry out to God to create in him a clean heart? Because he knew he didn't have one. Renew a right spirit within me because I am dirty and unclean and impure. What's wonderful about this, I don't have a noble heart. But God wants to give you and me a noble, kind, pure heart. In the book of Romans, we're told that if we believe, well, well, let me read it. In, In Romans chapter 10, the apostle Paul says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses. And is saved. In verse 13, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So God wants to give us a clean heart. As a matter of fact, He does more than just clean up our heart, He gives us the Holy Spirit. And in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul tells us again, He says, The Spirit of God comes and lives with us. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, I pray that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. So the spirit of God enlightens those who believe so we can have a noble heart. So Jesus tells this parable to the crowds and to his disciples to make sure that they know that their faith is genuine, to test it. I call it the tyranny of the urgent. The disciples, it says in verse 9, asked him, what does a parable mean? Well, Jesus tells us the word of God is the seed. So the scattering seed we know is the word of God. But the focus isn't on the seed, it's on the heart. In verse 12, he has a description. The ones along the path, the seeds that fall along the path, are those who have heard the word of God, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from the heart so that they may not believe and be saved. The pathway heart, I call it. Beware of the devil. What's God's intentions for you? Well, Peter tells us that the reason Jesus hasn't returned yet is because he's patient and because he's kind. And he wants as many people to hear the gospel so that they can turn to God and have their sins cleansed so they can be saved and live with God forever. That's why Jesus hasn't come back yet. His plan, his wish, his desire is that more people, that all people would be saved. But what's the devil's intent? Well, we know he's a liar. The devil comes and takes away the word of God before it can get into our hearts before we hear it. You know, when your phone goes off, when the word of God's being preached, (laughs) who's really calling? (laughs) The devil blinds people to the truth. We're dead in our sins, it tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, and he wants us to stay there. So he distracts us. He takes away the word of God so we don't believe it. He wants to trap us, to bring us down. Do you remember what he said in the Garden of Eden? He said, surely you won't die. He's a liar. We die. But we live through Christ. Beware the devil, the pathway heart. Is that your heart this morning? Has the devil been taking away the word of God? You just, you can't hear it. You can't understand it. Don't underestimate his power, but don't overestimate it either. He's defeated. He's powerless. Jesus Christ has conquered him. He has no say. Jesus is Lord. Second is the rocky soil, verse 13. And the ones on the rocks are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in the time of testing, they fall away. Beware of temporary impressions. People who hear it, is this you? You believe it, but when testing comes, when persecution comes, when things don't go the way you think God ought to do them for you, you fall away. Have a question. Is that? Did those people ever really believe? Well, God really knows the truth about that, but Jesus' point is that true faith perseveres. It doesn't fall away. It's not temporary. It doesn't wilt under heat or pressure. It hangs on by the power of God. True faith perseveres. Again, verse 15 is key. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast and honest and a good heart and bear fruit with patience. And then there's a thorny soil. Is that your heart this morning? Beware of worldly cares. Life worries choke it out. Again, are these people truly saved? They start to grow, but then it gets choked out. Well, God knows. Again, verse 15 is the key. Do they persevere? Do they bear fruit? Real faith will produce God honoring fruit. It's never an issue of how much. Some people seem to produce bushels and bushels and bushels of fruit. And others seem to only produce one or a little. But it's not the amount. It's that you produce good works. If you love me, Jesus said, you will obey my commands. We have to have a long view, not a short view. In the tyranny of the urgent, and that's what I say, here are three hearts. The hearts represented by the path. The heart's represented by being on the rocks and springing up fast and then wilting. The heart's represented by being choked out. They start to grow, start to produce, but then they get choked out and nothing good comes from it. Jesus is warning us not to allow our lives to get so caught up with the urgent that we never pay attention to our souls. You know, the things, the urgent matters that need to be done, paid attention to, fixed now, so we neglect our souls, we neglect teaching our children about God, or we don't really worry about obeying His commands, we put it off. Jesus is just saying, Don't allow my words to you to hear them and not work them into your life. Don't give me leftover attention. The hearts that are like seeds that never sprout. They never pay attention. They never give me the time that's needed. The hearts that are like seeds that wither after a short while, the hearts that are like seeds that get choked out by life's weeds and thorns, those hearts lose eternity for the temporary. The good soil, though, it hears, it applies, and it perseveres. Beware of fruitless true belief is revealed over time more than one positive act like walking an aisle or praying a prayer raising your hand and saying I want to believe those are great first steps but did you hear what I just said great first steps because real faith is continues on. True belief is measured by more than one positive act, but true belief is not erased by one act of disobedience. Think about Peter and Judas. They both basically did the same thing, didn't they? Denied Jesus, betrayed Jesus in a moment of heat, in a moment of testing but Peter repented Peter wept Peter realized what he had done Judas betrayal culminated in one act but it had really been many many steps of unbelief and disregard to the word of Christ so real belief is seen through a series of moments that reveal the noble and good heart I can think of one exclusion can you the thief on the cross But that one act spoke volumes, didn't it? Because he had been ridiculing Jesus, and then he turned to him in belief. Amazing how graceful, how gracious God is. I think I've shared with you about Grandma Gracie. That's my mom's mom. You never were allowed to leave her home hungry. It was a rule. I look forward to going to Grandma Gracie's house as a kid. I remember the one conversation she had when she was reading a book on Billy Graham's testimony and how it impacted her life, and she shared that with me when I was a teenager. I remember that conversation. It was one of the few, like, deep spiritual conversations we had, but it impacted me. Grandma Gracie showed God's grace to everyone. She fed strangers during the Great Depression on her back porch stoop. I wasn't there for those events, but my mom told me there was a white chalked X on the back alley in their house. And that's when the strangers would come by and they knew that was a house where you could get a meal. She never turned anyone down. They had to eat outside, but they were never turned away for a meal. She took care of my grandfather after he had a stroke for many years. And he was kind of a grouchy. Patient, She was very patient and loving with him. She never traveled overseas to take the gospel to some faraway land. Grandma Gracie didn't even teach a Sunday school class. But her faith got a hold of her. Jesus got a hold of her. Her faith matured and it showed itself in her every day to day, this time tomorrow kind of living. By belief in Christ, your life, by God's power and mercy, will produce fruit when we believe, when we apply God's word, and we persevere in belief. Cling to Jesus and his word. Fruitful living, trusting God and his word. Are you taking notes? Write down Psalm 1. Write down Psalm 19. Write down John chapter 15. It talks about being fruitful, about a tree that never wilts, that bears its fruit in its season. It's talking about all the benefits of the word of God. It's talking about remaining in Christ and being fruitful. That's what real faith does. Faith overcomes the world because it takes hold of the one who has overcome sin and death, Jesus Christ. So we have the parable of the soils. Which soil is most like your heart this morning? You need to take an evaluation. I need to take a think about that. Because Jesus is saying, your heart is one of these soils. Which one is it? There's only one true believing heart. He teaches another parable. Look at verse 16. No one lighting a lamp covers it up with a jar, puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest or displayed, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care, then, how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Key verse in this little parable, the lamp is verse 18. Consider carefully how you listen. Same theme as in the parable of the soils. Is your heart listening? Take care on if you're listening. Consider yourself. Light's no good if it isn't used, uh, if it's covered up, if it's hidden. So grade your listening to the word of God. That doesn't mean you're listening to me today. It doesn't matter. Are you listening to God's word when you read it, or do you read it and forget it? Are you listening? Jesus says, Take care how you listen. Why does God give us light? Why does He change our lives so that the world can see the glory of God? So light up your world. In John chapter 12, Jesus said this, we're going to come back to discipleship in Luke. Listen to what Jesus says, because this is a hard saying, difficult to hear and embrace. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit Whoever loves his life loses it and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life If anyone serves me he must follow me and where I am there will my servant be also If anyone serves me the Father will honor him A seed's got to die to bear fruit I got to die if I want to be fruitful for God Die to myself. Pick up your cross. That's not a passive command. That's an active command. I can't sit on this stool and wait for Jesus to put my cross on my shoulders. I have to pick it up. I have to carry it. So this morning, grade the brightness of your life for Christ. Is it hidden or is it on display because those who truly believe will want to show off the glory of Christ take care (laughs) if we use what God gives us in his word it will increase but if we don't use what God gives us in his word we will even lose what we think we have what does that mean you know what's a perfect example is the unbelieving Jews they had every advantage they had God's word they had his promises they had the temple boy when Jesus was alive they had the living word right in front of them doing God's great works and miracles and teaching but they didn't believe they didn't obey and the religious privileges meant nothing they lost it Jesus described the Pharisees as sons of hell gentle Jesus called them sons of hell why because they had every advantage they had God's truth and they ignored it they thought they had it but they didn't and what they thought they had they were going to lose because they didn't believe in God and his son and His word Christ's plan Is for us to mature and to grow in faith and obedience. And we can seek his help and he will help us believe if we just ask. So be careful how you listen. Are you here today? Have you heard many good speakers and preachers and teachers? And have you been ignoring God's word? Be careful and evaluate if you have truly believed because true belief produces fruit. He's focused on results of true belief. Jesus, his fruitfulness is not an instantaneous event. It's a growing event. It's a process. Some harvests are bigger than others. But Luke wants us to see how important this teaching is. God wants us to see how important it is. So right in a row, Luke puts three parables. the One about the soils, the one about the lamp, and then the last one. Look at it. It's real short. Verses 19, 20, and 21. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Wow. Can he make it any more clear to us this morning what real faith does? My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. You know, hearing God's word is a great first step. (laughs) But it's so much more than an alive faith is more than just knowing the word of God. I bet you there. I don't know how many people are here this morning, but I bet a majority of you can quote to me. John 316. That's a good thing. I bet you you husbands can probably quote, or you kids can probably quote that verse that's in Ephesians and Colossians. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. You know, do your parents ever use that to like point their finger at you? (laughs) Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's great to know that stuff, isn't it? It's a good foundation but new life with Christ embraces his truth and begins to put it into practice. Do I have a desire to obey Christ? If I never have a desire to obey, then I better check my faith. If I never confess that I've failed to obey, if I've never confessed my shortcomings, if I'm too proud to admit it, Then it's a hint. It's a warning that maybe my faith is not real. It may be getting the faith I think I have is getting snatched away before it takes root in my life or it's springing up. And for a few weeks on Sunday mornings, I'm excited about it, but I forget about it the rest of the week or maybe it's getting choked out by other things like money or the pursuit of it or Pride or my intelligence or my success. It's neither lighting up my life, God's truth, or helping others see Christ either. Check out your faith. Hey, we are not Jesus, but when we believe He is God and Savior, God the Spirit lives in us and empowers us so that we can begin the growing process and actually bear fruit for God. Why did I tell you about Grandma Gracie? Because her life was unspectacular in some regards, as far as a church goes. But her life impacted me, my brothers, my cousins. It's amazing. Our lives can be like hers, or maybe God has bigger intentions for us. The sacred presence. Wherever Jesus went, people were touched by God's truth. They were touched by God's purity and his holiness and his justice. They were touched by his mercy so that they could believe and become children of God. And you must believe this morning that by the power of Christ living in you and living in me, if we are followers of Christ as God's children, we have a sacred presence in our world that brings hope to people who do not have hope, that bring life to people who are following the way of death, that bring encouragement to people, that can change people, that give people new life. It's through the power of Christ. Hey, scatter the seed. Many are not going to hear it. Many are going to ignore ignore it. Some will even get angry. But you're going to become an aroma of life to those who do believe, an aroma of death to those who don't. Has God taken root? Has God's word taken root in your life? How would you grade yourself? Which soil best represented how you have lived of late? It's a tragedy to hear God's truth and ignore it and never produce its fruit. And true belief is going to be scattering the seed. True belief is going to be wanting to grow. It's going to be seeking to grow. Results will vary, but keep scattering the seed. We sang it this morning, keep scattering the seed, because what's going to happen when we scatter the seed? Listen to the picture of heaven. In Revelation chapter 7, And after this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from every tribe and peoples and languages were standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And then the angels join their voices and the elders and the four living creatures and they all fell on their faces and they worship God saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. That's the picture of what happens when we believe in the word of God and we produce fruit from God's power and his might that's alive in us, and we're going to be a part of this great throng. Cling to God's word. Believe it yourself and then share it. Persevere in your journey with God. One last thought. We all need help to believe. We all need someone to come alongside us to help us grow in fruitfulness. So be wise. Don't hear and push Jesus' words away. Talk with a friend about what it means to believe. Ask for prayer to help you grow, to become more fruitful. Ask someone to explain it to you or what they do, what's helped them along, so that you add your voice to the throng that's going to be in glory so that others can add their voices because... You're living for God. You're believing his word. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray ask today, if there's one of your children that are here today that need assurance that they are yours, that their faith is true and real, would you come alongside them and give them hope and peace and let them know that your love for them, Jesus, will never fail, will never let go of them. Assure them of your great love and forgiveness. And, Lord God, if there's someone here today that is unsure about their faith, that they don't know which soil they are, if they're afraid that they're the soil that will never produce, that their faith is not re- true, would you stir in their hearts and not let them be at peace until they speak to someone, until they turn to you and believe in faith? And, God, we ask you today that you would help us by your powerful mercy and grace to make us fruitful this week. Lord, this time tomorrow, we do not know where we will be, but we will be with you, so guide us and direct us and use us in mighty ways. For your honor and glory, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.